Welcome to Hymn Talk, a discussion of hymns, music, and singing in the life of the church. I'm Zach DePrima, and with me is my brother Alex. Alex, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy to be uh, here for another Hymn Talk. Yeah. Well, Alex, today we're discussing the topic of songs of praise. I'm looking at Hmm. one of our bulletins right now, and I'm looking at bulletins from previous weeks as well. And we tend to open all of our services with an opening song of praise. So no announcements, no uh, call to worship or anything like that, but we open with a song of praise. Can you say, why do we do that as a church? Well, I I don't know that that opening with a song of praise in particular is as important to us as it is to open generally with a note of praise whatever form that takes. Hmm. And so we do kind of all forms. Um, we, we the, the service opens, at least right now, the liturgy we normally use, with an opening song of praise, followed immediately by a prayer of praise, followed by a call to worship. So, so you a, don't think the Bible commands us to open our services or our gatherings with a song of praise? No, not at all. I mean, I think there's descriptive... Uh, texts that talk about settings in which that was done. Um, but no, I, I think what's what I'm trying to say is what's more important to us than starting the service with a song of pray, a song period. The most important thing is that we start with a note of praise to God, pure praise to God. Hmm. And and what we're doing now is opening with a song and then a prayer, then a call to worship, and then we go into other elements like um, you know, uh, prayer of confession, assurance of pardon, pastoral prayer, scripture reading, creeds, all that. But praise is the big note we're sounding at the beginning. And it, it has seemed to us, at least right now, to do that with a song of praise to start. You know, entering the Lord's courts with praise, people are primed, ready to sing. It's a rousing way to start a service and to tune one's heart. Um, but personally, we're not. I don't think we've talked about this as elders at our church at Emmanuel. But personally, I've always been favorable to rotating various liturgies, so I don't, I don't mm. think it's necessarily best to always start the service mm. the same way mm-hmm. in terms of form. But starting with praise, that seems, um, that seems like a good priority to maintain. Hmm. What do you think are some challenges to opening a service with congregational singing? Like if, you, if the first thing you do is a song of praise, like, yep. like you do at our church, literally, usually you're playing some sort of prelude or there's some music playing and it, it 10 cuts 30 out, strikes and then you say you know, please stand. stand and sing yeah. yeah what what are some challenges to that yeah. or disadvantages to that i got plenty but i was wondering what you think are some well um challenges and disadvantages would be two different things in my mind so yeah. challenges to it is uh some people are late some people are trying to find their seat mm-hmm. you want everybody singing that first note but mm-hmm. you're not sure that's going to happen people are streaming in you kind of toward the end, it could feel kind of abrupt to just immediately start with singing. Um, uh, maybe singing is something we warm up to. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't normally find that to be the case at our church. Hmm. I feel like sometimes the first song is the loudest song, hmm. but maybe in some churches it's not. Disadvantages, um, you've not had any content put into your mind and heart, at least by the leaders of the service, right. before singing that first song. Hmm. So we have used the songs actually as the the first bit of content we're putting in people's minds and hearts as they're entering into worship. Do you think that can be instructive to the congregation 
that is we would love we would love it for God's people to be expectant and in some ways preparing for yeah, the like, gathering like to come ready they, yeah yeah we encourage people in that I'm not sure how many people are doing that I hope a lot are <laughs> I don't know I, I notice like if I were to look around I mean I'm, I'm the only the one doing the preaching and so I'm in my own little little world at the start of the service uh, I'm praying I'm thinking I often do the call to worship as well at the beginning so I'm thinking about that but if I look around and observe, I see a lot of people are talking to one another, hmm. happy to be in the house of God. I do see a lot of people praying, hmm. maybe looking through the bulletin or reading a passage of scripture. So I think people are generally coming with some matter of, of preparation beforehand. But I wish I wish it were more, probably. Yeah. You yeah. Know, so that we're more ready. We know the first thing we're doing is engaging God in song. We want to be ready for that. What could be some disadvantages or challenges to not opening with singing? Well, it would depend on what you're doing in its place. Hmm. Uh, what we did before the singing was we would have a uh, kind of announcements and call to worship. And um, I don't like, we've tried to get rid of announcements altogether, rarely give announcements in the service. That was deliberate. We want it to be, uh, we didn't want people to be distracted with those announcements. We want it to be all worship from the beginning. Uh, the, the call to worship, I mean, a lot of times you're asking someone to turn to passage of scripture or something like that, or you're trying to get people's thoughts on a certain subject or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, there's a huge disadvantage to that. Yeah. Um, um, other than maybe it could feel to some people somewhat of a stale way to start yeah. a service. Maybe they feel starting with singing is a more rousing way to yeah. start a service. I don't know. Yeah, there, there was nothing in and of itself that was that was bad about that. Mm. But but I, I did think sometimes there was a failure to launch sort of element with your worship service. Yeah, where where it, it doesn't really get off the ground. It kind of just wavers for five or seven minutes. Yeah, that's a subjective feeling yeah. kind of thing. You know, you know, it comes to mind. I've been watching a lot of kids movies because my oldest is watching a lot of kids movies, and it's kind of funny. Like like movies that are rated G, targeted mm-hmm. for kids. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, most of them, start in one or two ways. Either they start with an opening song. Or they start with some kind of overture, like mm-hmm. like 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 someone describing a scene or saying something, like "Once Upon a Time" or something right. like that. Right. Uh, the fans of Lord of the Rings, which is not a children's movie or a little children's movie, there's that overture at the beginning with with Galadriel. Mm-hmm. Or some just like break out in song to start the the, the movie. Mm-hmm. Both are ways to get you onto the program. Yeah. And I do kind of view a a, a spoken call to worship or a reading of a passage. Or a song of praise is like an on-ramp mm. into the worship service. I'm trying to, uh, we want to uh, get people into what's going on as immediately mm. and as thoughtfully as possible. Where in your thinking are you deriving the, the biblical precedent to, to open services with praise, whether declared or sung praise? Where are you gathering that from the Bible? Well, uh, probably the, well, two places, I guess, the Psalms mm-hmm. in a lot of places there's this this note of praise that leads to various other considerations, either about God or man or our salvation or something like that. But I, w- I would not argue that the Bible prescribes a way in which worship services must be open. Hmm. There does seem to be a, a quality of contemplation about God and who he is that leads to other elements of worship. That seems to be a general pattern we see hmm in Jewish worship in the Old Testament mm-hmm. or in the Psalms in particular, but not a prescribed pattern. So I think you could start a service with all kinds of things, mm. actually. A prayer of confession, 
a statement of lament, um, a prayer of petition, I mean, all kinds of things I think you could start a service with. But the other thing I would say that would lead me to want to start a service with a service of praise is the general shape of the Bible, maybe, hmm. the shape of the gospel. Hmm. So our, our service follows that pattern. It's a pattern that... Um, What's the brother Brian Chapel advocates for in his book Christ-Centered Worship that there's a gospel shape to the service. Mm-hmm. So the gospel itself starts with who God is, mm-hmm. and what God is doing, and so service is starting with contemplation of God, leading to praise, His attributes, that kind of thing. Seems natural, but I, I would not. I would not uh, say it must be that way. It just mm. seems like the natural starting place mm-hmm. for a worship service. Mm-hmm. Is it okay for, for songs of praise, shifting our conversation to think about the content of those songs, do you think it's okay for songs of praise to be relatively general in their content? What do you mean by that? General in, in the, uh, what they're expressing about God. Not, not as if it's not the God of the Bible, but it's, it's not, we, wouldn't, we don't tend to open a song about the perseverance of the saints, we don't tend to open our services with songs about uh, God's sovereignty or providence, whatever my God ordains is right. It's usually going to be a song that's more general in theme, like praise to the Lord, well, so, uh, so like holy, creatures holy, of holy, our God for and example, King. Yeah. We open with holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Mm-hmm. You're saying those are, those are more general in nature. Yeah, I'd say. Well, I think, I think, um, I mean... Uh, I I would want the content of the songs we sing to be specific in content, so I I want the meaning of the words to be very clear. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be ambiguous. Right. But if if there's um, is is there wisdom in the content of like the first song of praise being general in content and that it focuses on large themes about God, those things that are generally true about God, without getting um to very specific topics related to whether it's atonement or redemption or uh, perseverance of the saints or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see some some uh, logic to that. I, I do like the idea, like for example, I don't know if it was on a previous podcast or just a talk I was having with someone else. A song like Holy, Holy, Holy is so general and so large and broad in its praise to God. Um, the, the ideas are ambiguous or unclear, right. but it's just, it's just big. And it's undiluted by any particular practical considerations. It's just these these big, broad sweeps about who God is and His yes. holiness and His power and His providence. Yeah, I like starting that way. Yeah, I, I'm not now getting on to me and my problems or a particular topic in Scripture that is 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 is, is small or narrow. This is big about God, hmm. and it's, it's taken with the large themes of God's holiness, goodness, love, judgment, righteousness. Yeah. I guess that's my preference. Yeah, when, well, when I look at the songs that we normally choose as our opening songs of praise, say we have a dozen of those songs that we choose mm. choose from there, I would say maybe a little less than half of them, but a significant amount of them, they don't even mention the cross. Mm. Uh, you, you could say they're not a gospel-centered or a cross-centered song. Yeah, Holy, uh, Holy, Holy doesn't mention the They cross. might not even mention the Lord Jesus. Yeah. Uh, do you view that as a problem? I would assume not. No, especially not if you're singing other songs in your service. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're singing the Psalms, like Psalm 100, right. it's not going to mention the Lord Jesus. If you sing the doxology, um, I mean, you mentioned Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but mm-hmm. it's just this general large mm-hmm. praise. It doesn't get very specific to issues of atonement and redemption. So, yeah, I don't think there's a problem with that. Mm-hmm. What do we want a good song of praise to accomplish in our services? 
uh, to bring people to God with large thoughts about Him, um, songs that 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 force people to look God directly uh, into who He is, what His character is, who He is to us, and to fill people's minds with large thoughts about God that move them emotively to want to worship Him, praise Him, serve Him, love Him, follow Him. That's the biggest thing. Again, I, I use the language of an on-ramp. It's an on-ramp to the worship service. Um, and so we're starting with who God is, bringing us before him in, in worship. I think that's the big thing we're trying to accomplish. I mean, all, all singing hopefully is teaching as well to some degree. So I'm going to look very carefully at those lines about God. Is this right theology about God? Is this telling me something about who he is? Um, again, not just I don't want just to avoid false teaching about God. Right. I want to avoid ambiguous teaching about God. I want to say something definitive about yeah, it. Yeah, what, what, what is this conveying about God? Is mm-hmm. it clear what, what it's conveying? And do I mean what he means, what she means? You mm-hmm. know, is, are we on topic here? Mm. And um, that, that, that's what's present in my mind, at least in a great song of praise. Hmm. Does a song of praise need to be happy? Uh, what do you mean by happy? Maybe more specific. Does, this, does the music need to sound happy or joyful? No. No. Any more thoughts on that? Well, um, why why would the music have to be distinctively like cheerful or cheering or something like that? Um, I mean, it could be depending on the precise theme of the song. For for but, those of us who are ch- who choose songs to uh, when we're organizing a service, the instinct mm-hmm. is the song we open our service with needs to be particularly rousing particularly joyful mm-hmm. i don't want to trivialize by uplifting. saying uplifting yeah. uh, i won't say happy clappy but, sure. but we want it to be a, a song that produces joy in the in the heart of the believer i think that's a good aim mm. uh the songs i just happen to like the most happen to be particularly uplifting mm. um i'm talking about holy 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 a lot is that song happy? I mean, is the music happy? Hmm. It's beautiful. It's meditative. It's reflective. Um, but I don't think it's like glib and trite and happy clappy. No. But no, I mean, I, I would say there's, there's, again, if you're trying to bring people to God and rouse their spirits to want to worship God, I do think there's something to be said for trying to find songs and tunes that are especially uplifting to open the service. Hmm. Rousing. Mm-hmm. They, they, they stir me. Um, I could see some, some to be, it might be good judgment to go ahead and try to find songs like that to open the service. But it doesn't have to be that way. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, Alex, I want us to shift into our hymn of the week, but do you have any other thoughts, general thoughts, on songs of praise before we do? No, I, I don't. You actually, I think, have plumbed the depths of all my thoughts and knowledge about <laughs> songs of praise. Well, the hymn of the week we're discussing uh, in this podcast is, I would have to say, top three, if not number one uh, in my book, and maybe number one at Emmanuel Church, but that, that's praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Hmm. Uh, the author of this hymn, hymn is Joachim Neander, uh, or as I looked up the German pronunciation, is Joachim Neander. Uh, that's the correct uh, pronunciation. But I'll just say, uh, Mr. Neander, he lived from in the 17th century. His years are 1650 to 1680, and he was heavily involved in the German Reformed Church. So he was a German man. Uh, he was in the Lutheran tradition, and he was a tutor for several years in Heidelberg. 
and he died at the age of 30 in the town of Bremen. And not a ton is known about his life uh, and his biography, but he's remembered primarily as a hymn writer. And he authored over 60 in his lifetime. And Praise to the Lord is by far his most popular. Uh, it would have it would have been uh, actually relatively popularized in his culture. Uh, it would have been appeared in hymn books in his lifetime. But it really um, became extremely popular in the 20th century. And actually, the late 20th century. So from like the 1950s to the 1990s. And then it dipped for several years. And there's sort of been a resurgence I would say in the last 10 years of the the popularity mm. of this hymn. But as its text, uh, its textual basis, it looks to Psalm 103 and Psalm 150. Psalm 150, which famously says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Now, as far as the, the verses of praise the Lord, the Almighty, uh, Alex, I would describe the, the lyrics of this song to um, be more general in scope in the way they ascribe praise to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see that. Uh, originally, there are, if you look in the, um, the, tr- the original Trinity hymnal, there would be five verses. I think we normally sing four verses. But the first verse, w- which speaks of uh, praise the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation, O my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation. Uh, ascribes worth to, to God's salvation in the life of the saint. Second verse speaks more towards God's sovereignty over all things. He, he reigns over everything wondrously, the hymn writer says. The third verse speaks of God's gentle provision in the life of the Christian. Uh, and then the fourth verse, which is a verse I think we typically don't sing at a manual, but it's a wonderful verse nonetheless, speaks of God's marvelous wisdom. Uh, the, the writer says, deck thee with health and with loving hand guideth and stayed thee. How often grief hath not he brought thee relief, spreading his wings or to shade thee. And then the last verse, which is a, a resounding call for, for all people to, to praise the Lord. Let all that hath bre- all that hath life and breath come now with praises before him. Last line of the hymn, let the amen sound from his people again, gladly forever adore him. Alex, what are your thoughts on this hymn? Uh, I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs. I sung it as a child. It was a favorite then. It's a favorite now. And it's it's so fitting for opening a service of worship. It's fitting for closing a service of worship. Um, I look forward to teaching this hymn to my kids. Uh, fun fact, I think this was the first song we sung at our constituting service hmm. when Emmanuel Church covenanted for the first time, meditating on those themes of God's providence, his creation, his salvation, his goodness to his people, his provision for his people. It seemed like a very appropriate note to strike as we constituted for the first time. And maybe at our church, we maybe have sung this song more than any other. Um, I think it presents us with a really good paradigm of people mm. looking for inspiration to write songs of praise or mm. to think through what element should be present in songs of praise. Uh, hard to do better better than this. So um, I love this song. I love that last verse, praise of the Lord, or let all that is in me adore him. All that has life and breath come now with praises before him. It's just a, a, a beautiful, beautiful expression of what so often is in my heart and I know the hearts of other uh, brothers and sisters in our church. So. Mm. Uh, I, I couldn't be a bigger fan of this mm. song. Amen. Well, the tune is a wonderful tune as well, and it actually comes from uh, the same time period as Neander. The The writer of the tune is anonymous. We don't we don't know who wrote it, uh, but it is a, a wonderful tune we'd recommend. I actually don't have it in my notes right now, but if you went to any hymnal, it would be the it likely will be the tune that's 
uh, in that hymnal for praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Yeah, and, and I'll say the tune lends itself um, to a variety of different arrangements mm-hmm. instrumentally. There's lots of ways to do this. And I have been, I've been uh, very happy to see its resurgence in a lot of churches over the last, like you said, decade or so. Yeah, I can remember, I think it was a Together for the Gospel Conference in 2012, Bob Coughlin opened with this hymn, hmm. and Alex, you and I were both in tears, because oh, we, we, awesome. we would have thought we were the only people in that building that would have known that hymn, no, I can and remember, we would have been wrong. I can remember that distinctly. I yeah. didn't know anybody else knew this hymn, and I had not heard it in a long time, like I said, grew up singing it. And he opened this, I'm like, are we really singing this song yeah. right now? And it seemed like everybody knew it. Yeah, 8,000, 10,000 like pastors. Yeah. Oh, and how how overwhelming was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we commend this this hymn to you. Alex, one of my favorite lines in the in this hymn comes from the third verse. And it's oddly enough a verse that sometimes is, is left out of, of some arrangements. But the, the hymn writer, he writes, Ponder anew what the Almighty will do if with his love... He befriends thee. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that line? Well, I think it it's it's. Um, I've never sung that once when I've not been stirred to actually do what the line says. To mm. think how good is God, how loving is God, and what could God do in me through me? What might He be pleased to accomplish by His grace? Whether that's to, to kill sin or to accomplish some feat in Christ's kingdom or to repair a relationship, or if God's love is upon me and working in me and through me, what might God be pleased to do? Um, and I, yeah, every time I sing that, my mind goes to that idea. And I think it's a wonderful thing to think about, to, to be encouraged, to reflect afresh on how great God's love is and what God's love actually accomplishes. Yeah, and you can think of the the horizontal experience of, of calling each other to that as well. We're, mm-hmm. we're calling on our brothers and sisters, ponder anew the grace of God, what yeah. he's doing in our lives. Amen. Well, friends, with that, we're out of time. Alex, thank you for your time. Happy to be here.